You're tuned to WUSB Stony Brook. The time is 5 o'clock, and this programming announcement, Democracy Now! usually heard at this time, will not be aired tonight due to some special programming that we have come up with. From our vaults, from the WUSB vaults from 1985, a radio play entitled Shadow Over Long Island. It was a different time back then. Long Island was looming. Actually, Long Island was fearing the looming Shoreham nuclear power plant at the time. There were talks of evacuation plans and meltdowns and incompetence. And what a perfect time to put out a radio play in real time, asking the question, what would happen if there was an accident at a nuclear power plant on Long Island? The result was... um, Pretty strong. In fact, four years later, the plant was decommissioned and it never opened. We don't want to claim credit for that, but you certainly have to wonder what kind of an effect this might have had on somebody who was just listening without knowing what it was they were about to listen to. We're warning you, as we warned you back then, that this is only fiction. This is not something that's actually happening. We now present Shadow over Long Island. Got no social graces, never know my place. One thing I am sure of, you can't judge a man by his race. Birth don't come easy, freedom doesn't
Four minutes after three o'clock on a beautiful Sunday afternoon, that was Bruce Coburn with Free to Be off the Circles in the Stream LP, one of my favorites. And in fact, uh, I can't find a tune I don't like on most of his albums. Fine Canadian artist, as was the performer we'll hear next, Stan Rogers, the late Stan Rogers. But first, let's take a look at the weather forecast for Long Island and vicinity. We'll have seasonable temperatures today with a chance of showers towards evening. Increasing winds tonight, lows in the 60s, and tomorrow should be rather overcast with the highs only in the low 70s. And right now we have 78 degrees. Uh, if you're on your way to work or on your way back from work or even on your way home from the beach, which I'm sure more than a few of our listeners probably are at this time of day on a nice weekend like this, slow down a little bit. And take a good long look at the sky and the grass and the trees and and all the good things around. Regardless of what's crazy in your life, it's hard not to appreciate this wonderful season. Uh, careful, though, if you're driving, or you may not be one of the good things around. Now, uh, someone called earlier wanting to hear, uh, uh, wanting to find out, that is, the uh, Washington, D.C. address of Greenpeace, the... Uh, environmental group that spends a lot of time trying to protect marine mammals and other endangered species. Uh, well, the uh, USA headquarters address for Greenpeace is 1611 Connecticut Avenue Northwest, Washington, D.C., 20009. And hopefully a little later I'll be able to pass on the uh, toll-free number for Greenpeace. Well, uh, now, uh, why don't we hear some Stan Rogers, the late Stan Rogers, who, as many of you know, died in his prime in a horrible fire on an Air Canada jet. And right now, this is a piece from the Northwest Passage LP. Stan Rogers. Cake from your nose, hear the tractor's steady roar. Oh, you can't stop now. There's a quarter section more or less to go. And it figures that the rain keeps its own sweet time. You can watch it come for miles. But you guess you've got a while, so ease the throttle out of air. Every rod's a game, and there's victory in every quarter mile. Poor old Kuzik down the road, the hearty hail and poppers brought him down. He gave it up and went to town. 
face the other day Took a heart attack and died at 42 You could see it coming on Cause he worked as hard as you In an hour, maybe more You'll be wet, clear through The air is cooling now Pull your hat brim further down And watch the field behind the plow Turn to straight, dark roads Put another season's promise in the ground Folks, sorry to interrupt the uh, music. It never fails. Route 25A is just in. Just east of Rocky Point, Route 25A is apparently in the process of being closed. Now, we don't know why. We just got a call from one of our on-the-spot traffic people who says that barricades are being erected and traffic is being diverted southward towards Route 25. Uh, You should avoid Route 25A between Shoreham, Wading River, and Rocky Point, if at all possible. Our reporter is advising that you use the William Floyd Parkway or any other north-south road to get down to Route 25, Jericho Turnpike, Middle Country Road, whatever you want to call it. Again, a real traffic mess, Route 25A being closed off just east of Rocky Point up to the Shoreham Wading River area. Now, we don't know why they're doing this in the middle of a Sunday with folks still coming from the east end. It could be an accident of some kind. We don't have the details yet. They're probably going to repave the road again because they just painted the yellow lines. Did you ever notice that? They paint the lines and then they pave the road. 
I'll chalk up another one for bureaucracy. Anyway, we've got someone down there now, and as soon as we find out uh, more, we'll let you know. In the meantime, let's get off the road and back into the music. Down last October in a pouring, driving rain. The skipper he'd been drinking and the maybe felt no pain. Too close to Three Mile Rock and she was dealt her mortal blow. And the Mary Ellen Carter settled low. There was just us five aboard her when she finally was awash. We'd worked like hell to save her, all heedless of the cost. And the groan she gave as she went down, it caused us to proclaim that the Mary Ellen Carter would rise again. Well, the owners rode her off, not a nickel would this man. She gave twenty years of service, boys, the never sorry end. But insurance paid the loss to us, so let her rest below. Then they laughed at us and said we had to go. But we talked of her all winter, some days around the clock. She's worth a quarter million afloat at the dock. And with every jar that hit the bar, we swore we would remain and make the Mary Ellen Carter rise again, rise again, rise again. That her name not be lost to the knowledge of men, all those who loved her best. With her on a barge went by a friend Three dives a day in a hard hat suit And twice I've had the bends Thank God it's only sixty feet And the currents here are slow Or I'd never have the strength to go below But we patched her rents Stopped her men's dog action portal down Put cables to her fore and aft And girded her around Tomorrow noon we hit the air And then take up the strain
we couldn't leave her there, you see, to crumble into scale. She'd saved our lives so many times, living through the gale, and the laughing drunken rats who left her to a sorry grave. They won't be laughing in another day. And you, to whom adversity has dealt the final blow, with smiling bastards flying to you everywhere you go, turn to and put out all your strength of arm and heart and brain and like the merry oven partner, rise again, rise again, rise again. Though your heart be broken and life about to end, no matter what you've lost, be it a home, a love, a friend, like the merry oven partner, rise again, rise again. Attempting to get uh, our reporter out in Rocky Point up on the speakerphone. Give me a second here. Oh, uh, Jim. Jim, can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can, Glenn. Uh, all right. Now, now, you seem to have some further information on the traffic situation out east. Can you fill us in? Well, we've been asking around, uh, trying to figure out why all of these barricades are being put up, especially when traffic is already pretty heavy. From where I'm standing now, traffic on Route 25A looks hopelessly snarled. Now, usually at this time of the weekend, things are already pretty bad. It can take as uh, close to 40 minutes sometimes to get only a few miles. But now it's reached the point where people are getting out of their cars to see what the problem is. I've been doing a little running around here and been able to find out something that doesn't really make much sense. And what's that? Well, what we found out was that the barricades are being put up by the police and not by construction crews. The police are barricading the road? Why? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out, uh, having difficulty with it. I've approached the police and asked them what the purpose of the barricades was. All they would say is that there was an accident on Route 25A, but what's curious here is that the barricades are effectively closing Route 25A in both directions, not just in the direction of this accident. Well, Jim, do you think it's possible there are two accidents? Uh, it doesn't seem to make much sense, Glenn. It seems to me that they're trying to get all cars off the highway for some reason. I can't seem to get through to anyone with authority here. Perhaps you can make some phone calls on your end and get to the bottom of this. I'd sure like to, Jim. It sounds like a wild, weird scene. Again, uh, let's remind our listeners to avoid Route 25A between Rocky Point and Shoreham Wading River because you may be stuck for a while if you don't. Who? Oh, okay. Uh, Jim? Yeah, Glenn? Dave Valentine on the other line with some more info, so we're going to switch over to him. Please keep us informed as to what you discover. Okay, right, will do, Glenn. Bye-bye. All right, now, if, if I can figure this out, we'll switch over to the other line. Uh, this, folks, is what's so fun about live radio. You never know what's going to happen next. Came in here today and uh, just wanted to play some records and relax. 
suddenly this has become a very complicated program. Let's see if I got it right. Dave. Uh, Dave. Well, it looks like you got it right after all, Glenn. Amazing. All I know about radio is on and off, and they keep putting me through this. Dave here is one of our <laughs> chief technical people, so he has very little sympathy for my incompetence. Isn't that right, Dave? You got it. Well, uh, now you have you have some kind of uh, update on that traffic foul up, isn't that, isn't that right? Uh, yes. Well, actually, uh, I've got something which may or may not be uh, totally relevant. First, let me say, for the benefit of the listeners, that I live just north of Route uh, 25A in the uh, Shore and Wading River area. Well, that's a great place to take in the exhaust fumes, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I took a look at the traffic. It doesn't seem to be too bad, but here's what I did see. About half an hour, maybe 40 minutes ago, about uh, three, four emergency vehicles went speeding by my house within the space of about 10 minutes. Uh, about 15 minutes later, five more went by, and then, uh, then about, about 10 more. I've never seen anything like it uh, before. All, of, all within the space of about 40 minutes. Um, most of them were either uh, fire trucks, police cars, but I, I did see several ambulances as well. As well. Huh. Uh, so it looks like you uh, may have found that uh, the scene of the accident, huh? Well, it seems that way, Glenn, but uh, there are at least 15 fire trucks, so it doesn't seem like your, your typical road accident. The other thing is that these vehicles were heading away from uh, Route 25A, huh. which kind of separates them from the uh, traffic problems there. So uh, we've still got this mystery on our hands. Well, we might. Then again, we might not. And quite frankly, I, I hope what I'm thinking is as far from, uh, from the truth as, as it can be. But my theory is that uh, there's some sort of fire at the uh, at the power plant. Wow. Uh, wait a minute. You mean the nuclear plant? Uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, pointless to speculate at this point because we don't really have enough facts to go on. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm going to do is grab some remote equipment and head over there and, and see if anything's happening. Great. Well, uh, keep us posted. Uh, we'll be checking other sources, too. Uh, thanks for the update, all right, Dave? Uh, now some music from Leo Kotke.
Folks, my apologies for the disorganization you've been hearing on your radio over the past several minutes. This news bulletin has hit us kind of suddenly, and we're scrambling to find out the facts and avoid any kind of hysteria. Uh, we've got a full news crew assembled in the other room making phone calls, and we have several reporters on the field right now. Again, let's repeat the facts as we know them. For what are still unknown reasons, the county police are in the process of barricading Route 25A from Patchog, Mount Sinai Road, past the William Floyd Parkway, and we've been getting phone calls reporting massive traffic tie-ups all along the road, and more recently, along the roads leading away from Route 25A, north-south routes such as William Floyd Parkway, are reportedly jammed with rush hour traffic. We still have not yet received any official word as to why the road is being closed, but as you may have heard, we've gotten reports that the barricades are being put up by the police. Dave Valentine, one of our engineers, who lives in the Shoreham area, reported a whole fleet of emergency vehicles heading toward the nuclear power plant, which only recently began operating at full power. Now, these are the only facts we can report at this time. The only thing we can do now is conjecture as to what's really going on. It would appear that there is some sort of an emergency at the nuclear plant, and we're currently trying to get a hold of a power company official to let us in on what's going on. <sighs> In fact, here's uh, Bob Owens of the uh, news department. Bob, what's going on? Well, uh, so far we've been trying to get through to the power company, and all of their lines are tied up. We're trying all the numbers we know. So far, we haven't had any luck, but we did manage to get through to an office in Nassau County. They claim not to know anything, and frankly, I do believe them, though we will be trying to get through, and we'll be continuing to do that at this time, Glenn. Uh, Bob, I, I notice our phones are lighting up like a Christmas tree now. Should our listeners be calling us? Or? Well, they should only call us if they have new information to report. It's a waste of time if they're going to ask us questions because we're trying to answer those same questions over the air. If you do have new information, though, call us. And otherwise, stay by the radio, and as soon as we find out, we'll let you know as well. Uh, well, have you been able to get any reports from any of the other stations in the area? It's strangely enough, it's been very quiet. As far as uh, the other newsrooms go, I did reach one or two of them. They don't know anything. Papers, they don't really know anything. But on a Sunday, I haven't been able to get through to too many because they really don't have staff on on a Sunday. We've been getting all kinds of reports from all kinds of people, and they all basically do have one thing in common. They want to know more. No one appears to have all the facts yet, but there is definitely a massive traffic jam out east, and I don't think anyone's going to deny that at well, this time. Um, okay, uh, well, we'll let you try to get back to your own work at this point, and uh, thanks for stopping in. Sure thing, and uh, we should know more soon, though, Glenn. All right, well, we'll be here, so check in. Uh, now, as we're collecting our wits here, some music. And a very happy Halloween from... The folks at WUSB Stony Brook, where we're rebroadcasting a radio play from 1985 entitled Shadow Over Long Island. If you're starting to panic, there's no need to, at least not because of this. There is no nuclear accident happening on Long Island. In fact, there is no nuclear power plant on Long Island, so such a thing would be rather difficult. If you're interested in obtaining a copy of this radio play autographed by the author, yours truly, Feel free to give us a call because we're in the middle of our fundraiser and we're offering these for pledges of $50 or above, a two-CD set. The phone number is area code 631-632-WUSB, 631-632-9872. 
And again, this is a rebroadcast from 1985 when the Shoreham nuclear power plant seemed like a reality to the people on Long Island. So this was very much in the news. It was broadcast on a summer weekend, hence all the allusions to a Sunday afternoon and the high temperatures. And we broadcast this a couple of times, both here on this radio station and on WPKN, and it got quite a response. We'd be curious to know what your responses are to this as well. Again, our phone number is 631-632-9872. We have volunteers standing by to take your phone calls, to take your pledges, and we have all sorts of items to thank you for giving us a call and showing support and making projects like Shadow Over Long Island possible over the many years that this radio station has been here. Again, a pledge of $50 will get you a CD copy, a two-CD set of Shadow Over Long Island, an autograph set, 631-632-9872. There are also all kinds of other things that you can get, such as WUSB t-shirts, WUSB coffee mugs, and too many things to mention here. Once again, the phone number is 631-632-9872. We return you now to Shadow Over Long Island. Remember, it's not really happening. Uh, we have no new information 
to report on the situation at the moment. I can see that all of our lines are lighting up. Please do not call the station. We're telling you everything we know at the moment, and that's not much granted, but when you call us, we can't call someone ourselves because we're talking to you, and that somebody might have some answers. Uh, again, uh, recapping. Uh, Bob, you have something? Okay, thank you. Uh, okay, uh, recapping what we have so far. A little while ago, we received reports that Route 25A was being closed off from William Floyd Parkway to the Rocky Point area. We've since learned that it's the police who are closing off the highway due to some kind of accident. Now, we spoke to Dave Valentine, who lives right off Route 25A, who told us that quite a few fire engines and rescue vehicles had come speeding down a street, apparently on their way to the nuclear power facility. And we should be hearing more from Dave fairly soon. He's heading to the plant himself, and uh, he'll be up there, and that's uh, all we have unless you know something else. Bob? Uh, well, Dave, uh, a few months, he did call a few minutes ago, Dave Valentine did, and he is on site right now, but he hasn't seen anything unusual, though he's supposed to get back to us in a couple of minutes. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm surprised they're letting him use their phones over there. Well, I don't think he is using their phones. I think he has a mobile phone. Sounds like Dave, all right. Oh, okay, great. So uh, we should have the full story uh, from uh, Dave in a minute. That's true, and uh, we also did get a call from Dennis Giles, who used to work at the plant. Uh, yeah, Dennis used to work at a, uh, a nuclear plant. Uh, well, I do believe he was an engineer at, at a nuclear power plant. Our Dennis Giles worked at a nuclear plant. Oh, well, uh, uh, how come this is the first uh, I've heard about this? Anyway, that's interesting. Well, he, I don't think a lot of people like to go around saying they've worked at nuclear power plants, Glenn. Uh, well, um, we're about to um, question him, I guess. And uh, <laughs> let me explain. For the benefit of our listeners, Dennis Giles uh, does the overnight shift here on uh, Wednesday nights? Or is it Thursday? I'm not sure. Anyway... Uh, what does it matter at this point? He does a show for us and uh, had no idea he worked at the uh, nuclear plant. Well, you see, Dennis isn't exactly a person who goes around uh, wearing his political activity on his sleeve. I'm not sure why he left the plant, but I do know he's not one of those people that goes around demonstrating against it. And I'm not really sure if he's anti or pro or about nuclear power, and, but he does know about what's going on inside of it, and I think he could be a lot of help to us. Well, so he, he's going to be calling us. Uh, I think he's going to be stopping by the studio. He said he might be able to help us figure out what is going on inside. All right, good. Uh, well, when, should, when do you think he'll be here? I think he should be in here about well, ten minutes. Considering here, all the traffic, who knows? Huh? Right. <laughs> and uh, Well, ten minutes or so, I would say, hopefully, uh, though he may live to regret it now that this cat is seemed to be let out of the bag. Uh, well... Certainly nothing to be ashamed of. It's uh, just interesting that he worked at the uh, plant. I guess we really shouldn't be discussing this further over the air. Well, um, I don't think Dennis would mind. I don't know. Well, you know Dennis better than I do. Anyway, um... Well, we also did, you know, Glenn, we did get a call from a fireman from Shoring Wading River who should be calling on, matter of fact, is that line two blinking right now? Yeah, yeah that is line two. Okay, I'll go check on that and see if it's him. Well, all right, we're uh, waiting. Let's... Uh, Let's, uh, while we wait, let's uh, check on the uh, the weather forecast. Uh, it should be fairly sunny today. The highs in the mid-70s, winds from the southwest at uh, 10 to 15 miles an hour. And there is the lingering chance of a thundershower or two towards evening. And there's a good chance of rain throughout the night. Lows overnight into the 60s tomorrow. Yeah, uh, uh, tomorrow we should have some clearing with a few scattered showers. Highs in the low 70s. And we have... 
this message. Well, uh, right now, okay, is that him? Uh, that is him on the phone, yeah, that's online. Too. Okay, let's get back to this uh, later. Uh, all right, hello, who am I speaking with? Uh, Chuck Ramirez from Shorn Waiting River Engine Company. All right, Mr. Ramirez, let's get right to the point. What is going on? We received a call at 2.33 p.m. to respond to an emergency at the nuclear power plant. We were informed that there was a possible chemical explosion and that there was a possibility of an electrical fire in addition. So what does this mean? Is there, uh, what, what's the extent of the danger to the general public? We don't have enough details to comment. Whatever happened, happened inside the reactor building. We don't believe there's any danger to the public at this time. And what makes you believe this, sir? If there was the possibility of a radiation leak, the proper procedure is for the power plant to notify us as well as the police and to activate the emergency procedure. And this, as of yet, has not happened? This has not been done, no. We don't believe there's any cause for concern. Well, then why are the county police closing Route 25A in the Shoreham vicinity, then? I'm not aware of any such an action. Okay, well, please keep us informed should anything change. Thank you. We will. Thank you. All right, uh, as I was saying... Uh, this is appropriate. Uh, for a free vacation guide listing historic attractions, campsites, and scenic travel routes, call the Connecticut Department of Economic Development at 800-243-1685. Uh, the call is toll-free. The state of Connecticut is celebrating 350 years of history this year, and they invite us all to come up and celebrate. So for your free vacation guide, call toll-free 1-800-243-1685. A vacation, huh? Uh, uh, I'm told that Dave is on the line. Hello, Dave. Dave? Hello? Yeah, hi, Glenn. Where exactly are you right now, Dave? I'm uh, right outside the main gate to the uh, plant. There are about a half dozen uh, company guards who absolutely refuse to let anyone other than uh, emergency crews in. When you ask them why, they all fall silent. This is the uh, this is the closest I can get to the site. Well, what can you see from there, Dave? Well, the place is uh, crawling with activity, especially for a Sunday afternoon. There are a large number of workers, perhaps 50 or so, running uh, around outside. Occasionally, I hear a voice announcing something on a loudspeaker. Unfortunately, I'm just beyond its range, and I can't make out what's being said. I am able to notice that whenever something is said on the loudspeaker, almost all activity stops, and even the guards at the gate turn in the, in the direction of the speakers, although they refuse to tell me what they're listening for. What do the uh, workers appear to be doing? Uh, you say they're running around. Can you guess to uh, what they're up to over there? Uh, actually, I haven't been here long enough to notice uh, any specific activity or repeated activity. It looks like most of the action is centered around the reactor building. Uh, some of them seem to be carrying objects or equipment out of the building, while others are bringing material into the building from other parts of the plant. Huh. That's really all I can see. Uh, I should have brought a pair of binoculars with me, but I really wasn't expecting to meet a brick wall here. Well, uh, what about the firemen, Dave? Can you, can you see what they're doing? Uh, I can tell you this 
but they are not going into the reactor building. I saw uh, several fire trucks at, uh, this time from the Rocky Point Fire Department, as opposed to the uh, Strong Waiting River Fire Department. And as soon as they entered the plant, they were each met by a worker who guided them away from the reactor building. Uh, one of those workers seemed uh, rather, rather distraught. Uh, what was he doing? Well, he didn't do anything outrageous. It was uh, just the way he was guiding the fire truck in. So he pointed uh, his arms in the direction he wanted the truck to go, and he flailed them in a uh, very rapid way. In fact, I could even hear him yelling, uh, you know, come on, come on, let's go from here. And I'm about several hundred yards away from where he is. Dave, have, have any fire trucks or emergency vehicles left the scene? many emergency vehicles would you say are in there right now? Well, well based on the number that I saw going uh, by my house, I would have, give a guess of more than 30. That, that includes all wow. emergency vehicles, so, you know, not just fire trucks. Well, okay, Dave, thanks for the info. Uh, what are you going to do now? Uh, I'm not sure, Glenn. I'll, I'll stay here at the entrance for a little while, but if nobody gives me any answers, uh, I'm going to wander around and collect a better view of uh, what's going on inside. All right, well, good luck. Uh, get back to us soon if you can. Uh, Dave Valentine at the entrance of the uh, nuclear plant. Thank you, Dave. Okay, we have Dennis Giles in the studio. Dennis, I just found out, used to work at the nuclear facility, and I, I imagine uh, he'll be able to answer some questions for us. Well, I'm hoping so, uh, Glenn. All I can really do right now is to kind of guess at what's been going on down there. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that no one's talking about it. It's not a good sign. Could you explain? Okay, if the situation was under control, they would be very quick to reassure us. On the other hand, if the situation wasn't under control, but they felt that it might be after a while, they would probably make uh, some effort to reassure us. Yeah, I find the quiet very disturbing, personally. I think there's some kind of trouble down there. They don't know uh, what's going on yet. All right, Dennis, now you've worked inside that plant. Can you theorize a little, as best you can at this point, uh, tell us what might have happened over there today? There has been an incident there. Uh, what's an incident? Incidents are very common. Any kind of a failure, a pipe breaking, something malfunctioning, that's referred to as an incident. Often, there are two, three a day. A day? So this seems to be something a little more involved then. It appears that it's a little bit more involved. We're starting to get feedback from the outside that suggests that this incident may in fact have turned into something more than an incident. Uh, Dennis, what do you believe the fire departments that were called into the plant are now doing over there? I, I don't know. I don't. Probably nothing. Uh, they generally would call in uh, the outside fire departments just to make them aware. Wait a minute. You mean... There is a fire department already at the facility, owned by the facility. There is the fire department already at the plant, paid for by the utility. But why were all these other departments called in then? Uh, okay, in all likelihood, a fire broke out at some part of the plant. When this happens, the local departments are called in to back up the internal fire department. For instance, if there was another fire in a different part of the plant, the local departments would have to handle it while the internal department is busy. 
Now, you're saying the local department, meaning, I assume, the Shoreham Wading River Fire Company. That is correct. Uh, Dave Valentine just told us he saw trucks from the Rocky Point Fire Department entering the site, and before that, a couple of dozen trucks racing past his house on the way to the plant. Now, what does this imply? Well, it could mean one of two things. Either someone's being very paranoid and taking no chances and calling every fire department in the vicinity, or there's a very big fire or a series of fires inside the plant. In all the time you've worked at the plant, well, how long would you say that was? I was there about uh, four, four and a half years. I left there just before they got their operating license. So you were there while the thing was being built. In that time, have you ever seen an incident that required this kind of response? No. Now, I, I don't know if you want to talk about this, Dennis, but it's been on my mind, and, and probably on the minds of our listeners, at least some of our listeners. You used to work at that plant, and now you don't. What happened? I don't think of myself as a whistleblower that goes around to the local newspapers and the radio stations and talks about safety violations. When I was working there, I really didn't think about those things, to tell you the truth. I worked at the plant for just under five years, and I left because I had just had it. It became a moral dilemma for me. Uh, I received headaches from the pressure. Everybody at the plant is under a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. You have to be on your toes every second that you're on duty. One small mistake, and it can uh, perhaps kill you. A bigger mistake could kill uh, hundreds of people. I always knew this, but I didn't use it as a means to reach a conclusion. Like the plant shouldn't be operating. When you're in there, you know the risks. You don't debate whether or not they're good risks or bad risks. They're the risks you have to live with. And that's what I did until I realized that this way of life was affecting me inside. Dennis, with all this in mind, should there be a nuclear plant on Long Island? Uh, I can't answer that, Glenn. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm full of uh, conflicts on this one. We need electricity, we need jobs. But it's a lot to ask anyone to work in a place like that. But if something bad is happening now, something that's going to hurt innocent people, <laughs> I don't know. We may all feel like accomplices on this one. Now, you brought someone with you to the studio? Uh, yes, I did, Glenn. Uh, when I knew I was coming down here, I called up my uncle and asked him to meet me here, uh, John Grady. Um, we worked together out at uh, the plant. He's been uh, actually spent more time there than I did. I think he's gone on seven years and worked very closely with the NRC out there. Thank you. Uh, in the studio, uh, John E. Grady. Uh, Jack? Uh, Jack Grady. Can I call you Jack? Oh, by all means. All right. Yes. Uh, Jack... Uh, what do you have there with you? I uh, heard from Dennis that mm -hmm. you, uh, you yeah. worked uh, with the utilities. Well, this is the partial initial decision on emergency planning, which was put out by the Atomic Safety and Licensing Board. Basically, it's a record of all of the objections that the county raised concerning evacuation in the event of a nuclear accident. What the NRC, that's the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, which runs the Atomic Safety and Licensing Board, does here is address each of these objections and answer them. And then this is, uh, and since this is the NRC, I imagine they proved every last one of the county's objections to be without merit. I'm not really sure on that, but it's likely, Glenn. Well, okay, let's see what you've got. Uh, now, what can you tell us about the plant itself physically? 
Okay, I'll read it just the way the NRC has put it. All righty. The nuclear facility consists of a boiling water reactor with a rated electrical output of 820 megawatts. It is located on the applicant site in Brookhaven, New York, which is in the north-central part of Long Island. A 10-mile radius drawn from the location takes in land wholly within Suffolk County, New York. It also includes a part of Long Island Sound. There are 138,500 individuals in the land segment, and 160,000 during the summer months. Well, I see. Now, um, if there has been some kind of an accident at the plant, hmm. and if, in fact, they reach the conclusion that some sort of an evacuation is going to be needed, how does something like that work? What actually happens? Hmm. Well, the power company must demonstrate the capability upon initial notification to make a decision with respect to public notification, and then to notify the public within 15 minutes. Once the notification of an accident has been received, the customer service office will attempt to reach the director of local response and other key personnel within the 15-minute time period specified in the regulation. Once contacted, the director of local response will decide whether public notification should be initiated. If the director cannot be reached, the initial public notification can be carried out within about 15 minutes by standard procedure. Now, I want to talk a little more about this, but uh, pardon me, Jack. Dave Valentine is uh, back on the line with some more information uh, from the plant itself. Dave? I'm at the other entrance to the uh, plant now. There aren't quite as many guards here, and there's uh, less of a view of the plant itself. I, d I don't think this entrance is being used by anyone at the moment. Hey, get going! Uh, I think I'm being yelled at, Glenn. I, I don't know why, but uh, I'm in the roadway next to the fence, and I see uh, a guard approaching me from the from the plan area. I, I think he's the one who's uh, who's shouting at me. Uh, well, Dave, are you on their get property? Away from the fence. There's nothing in here for you to see. Can, can you can you answer some questions? I'm from the radio. I state. said move along unless you want some trouble. Now listen, I'm not on your property, and I've got every right to be. Stand here. You got it, you son of a bitch. What are you, what are you hiding? What are you, what's, what's, what's happening in there? You, you can't keep this a secret. Dave? Dave, are you there? What the hell's going on out there? Bob, get a line out there and find out what they're doing to our reporter, will you? I'm sorry, it's just very upsetting to hear something like that. Why don't we continue talking about the scenario for an evacuation so that our listeners can get the facts? Now, let's theorize a little. If there is some kind of an evacuation today, and I'm saying if, much of the actual evacuation will be controlled by employees of the power company? That's right, Glenn. Probably a lot more so than any other nuclear facility, mostly because of the opposition by the county government to any kind of evacuation because of what is believed to be the impossibility of pulling it off. So we have power company workers evacuating people instead of county workers. Not instead of, Glenn. The police wouldn't just step aside. But what we do have is a much higher degree of participation of power company workers in an actual evacuation. Higher degree of participation or higher degree of manipulation? Obviously, that is a major concern of everybody. Well, what about this conflict of interest everyone's talking about? Are power company workers going to stay on the job and help evacuate the populace? Or are they going to want to get their own families out? Let me read from the plan. 
Another contention asserts that in the event of an accident, many of the emergency workers relied on by the power company will experience a conflict between their emergency work roles and their family obligations, and that they will resolve this conflict in favor of their families. Accordingly, intervenors contend that a substantial number of emergency workers needed to implement the evacuation plan will not be available promptly to perform their assigned duties. <laughs> the power company maintains that emergency workers who have a clear notion of what their emergency role is perform their jobs in emergencies. And those that don't have a clear notion... Uh, that settles that, you mean? I guess so, Glenn. Uh -huh. yeah. All right, go on. People who are not emergency workers and who have no emergency roles or whose emergency roles are unclear are more likely to abandon these roles. Suffolk County's witnesses contend that the power company employees assigned emergency duties are not accustomed to danger or to performing public service roles. These experts go on to conclude that in the event of an emergency, role conflict is even more likely to be resolved in favor of not reporting promptly for duty in connection with some potentially dangerous and relatively unfamiliar job. The emergency workers relied on by the power company are not experienced in dealing with public health-threatening emergencies. However, emergency workers at the power plant will pre-plan their activities and undergo training to enable them to perform their emergency roles. Mm. There's another part here that's pretty interesting, Glenn, about ambulances. The power company has entered into agreements with ambulance companies to provide ambulances with drivers in the event of a radiological emergency at the nuclear plant. The ambulance drivers will receive radiation training, be re reimbursed for their time spent, during training, drills, and an actual emergency, and be provided with dosimeters. It's all very organized. The only responsibility of the American Red Cross under the evacuation plan is to set up and operate relocation centers well outside the 10-mile EPZ. Whatever the EPZ is. Uh, the, the, the Salvation Army's role is to support the Red Cross, including providing clothing for evacuees. A special relocation center for the families of power company workers will be established. This relocation center will be only for power company workers' family members and will not be used as a decontamination center. Any family members who were contaminated would have to go first to the relocation center for the general public. The board concludes that role conflict will not be a significant problem in the event of an emergency, and that a sufficient number of emergency workers will respond in a timely fashion to mm. perform their assigned duties. I'm sure. Uh, well, first of all, it's kind of frightening to hear the way that they're discussing all of this so matter-of-factly. Family members who are contaminated must do the following. It's as if it were the uh, most normal thing in the world to have a nuclear accident. Secondly, mm. I really don't see how they can make these predictions. It's actually kind of ironic. The NRC says that we can't predict that workers won't do their job uh, because we have no way of knowing. And then they go and say that they definitely will do their job even though they really have no way of knowing. They're using the results of a sociological test. Yeah, great. One group of people analyzes them one way, another group analyzes tests another way, and another group calls the whole thing garbage and performs their own tests. Hi, Bob, uh, do you have something? 
Yes, Glenn. Uh, we just found out that there will be a press conference in the county office building in Hopak at any time now. Uh -huh. Well, um, anything else? Well, we have a reporter in the vicinity, so we should have some news from there in a little while. Well, this is unusual. When's the last time you heard of a press conference on a Sunday around here? <laughs> I really, I don't really, in recent memory, I don't remember a press conference, but I think this can give you an idea of how potentially serious this thing is becoming. For the county to schedule a press conference so quickly and on a Sunday means that they aren't taking this lightly at all. Well, uh, thanks, Bob. Um, what do you make of this, uh, uh, Jack? Well, either they're going to try to and calm everyone down and tell people not to panic, or they're about to announce an evacuation. So these processes we were just discussing could be going on right now? It's certainly possible. Well, I can't wait till that press conference to clear things up. Uh, are there any kinds of figures available for how long it's expected to take to get the uh, gears moving if it does become necessary to stage an evacuation? Okay. According to this book, the police department conducted a mobilization test of its own officers, mm -hmm. showing that it would take about an hour, 18 minutes, to muster 54 percent. An hour and 18 the, minutes. Okay, mm -hmm. they have it down, huh? To muster what now? 54% of the off-duty officers, and that a total of 66% could be mustered in about two hours. Suffolk County believes it would take an hour or more for workers to make their initial trips to staging areas. At the staging areas, it would take about two hours to brief emergency workers and issue them equipment. Beyond that, obtaining buses, tow trucks, and fuel trucks could require an additional two hours to two hours, 30 minutes. Well, they have it down. This, the county says, is unacceptable and shows that the power company will not be able to mobilize its personnel and special equipment in a timely manner. In particular, the county believes that the estimate of about two hours for mobilization of buses and ambulances is inaccurate. Required activities at the staging area alone would take longer than that. It would therefore take several hours longer to mobilize power company buses than the two hours the utility appears to assume in its plans. Oh, hold on a minute, Jack. I'm being waved at. Three fingers, 